Hi guys, I'm Jibs and I'm joined by Ibubi. And together we'll be giving you weekly updates on all the best shows on TV and what shows that Ibubi? Succession. And why should people tune into our show? Because we have the best takes. Because we've got the best, best takes ever. So if you're really interested in Succession and you're really interested in hearing what we've got to say about Succession, join us every week on the Popcorn for Dinner podcast where we talk about succession and rich white people. Thank you a lot, guys. We'll see you then. <laughs> see ya. Hello, and welcome back to Starfighter Control. I'm Ibubi, and you are listening to Popcorn for Dinner. In this episode, we're going through quite a lot as we see different kinds of species, handling different kinds of tasks, learning that robots are sentient, and wondering what certain celebrities are doing in places that we don't expect them. Joining me today is Priscilla, of course, and we're going to unpack everything that happened in Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 6, Guns for Hire, Chapter 22. Priscilla, how are we feeling today? I'm feeling quite good. The episode was good. I'm, I'm, I'm still bitter, but it was a good episode. <laughs> bitter. <laughs> the celebrity thing, I'm, I'm bitter. I'm going to be so bitter about this. Honestly, I have to, I, I'm impressed with them because, you know, I, w- I was lying down, actually, at the beginning of, of the episode. Um, I was kind of just, like, waking up when I was watching it. And, you know, I, I heard that voice and I was like, is that Jack Black? I was like, nah, no way. Then I saw him in person. And I saw the person next to him, but I immediately sat up and like I was, from that point, I was fully awake. I was like, I know I'm not looking at Jack Black and Lizzo right now. <laughs> so, as a married couple. I was literally like, if, I want to preface, it's eight o'clock in the morning, right? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm on my way to work. And then I'm watching and then I'm like, yeah, 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 like, dun, 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 dun. I'm like, in the moment, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I watched this after watching Ted Lasso, so I'm still in Ted Lasso, right? Mm-hmm. And then I see Jack Black, and I thought, I know damn well that ain't. Bruh. And I looked again, <laughs> and I was like, nah, they're, they're lying, they're lying. I was like, what is going on? Then I was like, Lizzo, and I thought, wait, what? Then before night came, and I thought, it's in the water today. It's like they said, let's pickpocket different aspects of people's personalities that people people may like and will throw them in one episode all they needed for me was christopher walken and i would be my my little trifecta of my personality so i was so confused as to what was going on i I thought it was actually so interesting because i i watched this episode um with somebody and the person asked a very interesting question it's like what is it with hollywood and making sure that people are doing double things right like the person compared it to you know the Disney Channel days, right? Where everybody and because like it's funny because this is something that was uh, kind of asked by friends of mine back in back in those days, and it's this thing of why do they want everybody to be a triple threat? Like they want you to be an actor, a singer, like and like also like a dancer as well. Like they just want you to do all the things. Like there's so many people back in those Disney days that were singing when they really should just have been acting. Like we didn't, <laughs> or you were acting and you should just have been singing. You know, I think for some people, it felt like that seeing like Lizzo in this episode. It's like, there are people like, and if they wanted a black lady, great, you know, but also there are probably people who are, are trying to act that could like be in this episode. But you see, I, 
I don't know if I fully agree with that in this case, because I think this is the kind of role that's just designed to be a quirky cameo, right? So seeing Lizzo she there is, al- good. is almost appropriate. She was good. Her skin was looking fantastic, first of all. Oh. <laughs> like She was actually looking really good. Whatever, whatever lotion she's using. Yeah, the skin was flawless. The shades or foundation, I kind of want to know. Like, what was going on, guys? Like, someone needs to give me the heads up on the MUA on that set. She was doing a great she was job. Looking she was doing a great fantastic. job. Fantastic. Um, on top of all that... Jack Black obviously had me bracket up. Yeah, no, I'm not I lie. mean, the man I knows what he's doing. I hearing myself laughing. thing is, my, my counter to people who may think that Lizzo um, is kind of just here for fun is, first of all, maybe she is. But also, maybe Lizzo is a really big Star Wars fan and actually auditioned for this. <laughs> you know? Because she's not much of like she's she's not known as an actor, right? So maybe she actually wanted to act, and you know this was open, and her agent got it for her or something. We ha- we don't know the the specifics, we don't know the particulars. So I thought it was funny that she was there, and I guess we'll just take it. Like nobody's really mad at it in any case. I think people are asking some questions, but I don't think anybody's mad at it. So plus Grogu was really enjoying Lizzo and Jack Black's love. Exactly, I love that he said oh, he's down for the swell. I know that's right. <laughs> Wow. I'm so sorry. Just the joke wow. was really there for me to say. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't resist. <laughs> no, because like I don't mind it when singers act if it's scenarios like this. Where I get a bit tetchy is when, and I love this man who I'm talking about. And I, I, I love him. Oh, here we go. I'm prefacing. I love him. I'm going to see you in Wembley. I love you. Yeah. But seeing Harry Styles in Don't Worry Darling was not necessary. <laughs> like, situations <laughs> like that. That's why I'm like, babes, let's keep it to the Dunkirk sort of roles and keep it pushing. The man has to develop some range, bro. He needs to develop some range. Plus, he replaced Shia Buff. Yeah, but I didn't want him in that film, man. I don't mind a singer, like, because um, to be honest, like, when, how are you ever going to get to show your chops if you don't get, like, a job? Mm-hmm. And plus, like, she wasn't in, and I think it's, if someone, and most people aren't complaining, but the ones, you know, them little sector of, not even a sector, a large sector of Star Wars fans who are just miserable guts, basically, I was going to swear, like, I hold, I held back, <laughs> um, is that, <laughs> I held back, um, but I think, even if, because um, she's not playing, like, a pivotal, pivotal, pivotal character, she's a part of the storyline, and of course, like, she's, she's important for that specific contained storyline, but she's not, it's not too much. Mm-hmm. It's enough for her to be like, to have a showreel and be like, look what I can do acting wise, you know, what to John Favreau, Bryce Dallas Howard, like, you know, I can do my thing. But at the same time, it's not overpowering. No one can really say that, oh, like she took the shine off anyone, to be honest. And to, to be honest, I didn't really, I only saw her as Lizzo for the first two minutes because I'm like, rah, like Lizzo and I love her. But then you then stopped thinking of her as Lizzo. You just became so calm, self-consumed by what they were talking about and the storyline itself. So I think John Favreau and um, Bryce and stuff did a quite a good job because it's very easy to get stuck on the it's Jack Black and Lizzo. Mm-hmm. Whereas they were like, yeah, no, let's not do that. It's like, um, you know, in Ted Lasso when um, like Ian Wright and stuff show up and stuff. And, yeah, Thierry Henry. <laughs> like for the first minute, you're like, it's Jermaine Genius and Ian Wright. And then you're like, oh yeah, I'm in the show, if that makes any sense. Yeah. That's what this felt like, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I get you. Um... We're definitely, we're definitely given a lot to kind of think about when it comes to immersion in this episode, because there's just so many things coming at us from different directions. And I think it was actually well-directed. You know, this episode was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, 
um, who is actually really making a name for herself in uh, in directing these days. She's doing more That's and more. That's her daddy's of it. daughter, man. Yeah. She's got her dad's talent. She, I'm telling she, you. She's doing more and more of it, which is cool, especially, you know, on this show. This isn't the first, I don't think this is the first time she directed on this show. Um, the episode was written by yeah. John Favreau. Um, we've, we, I, we've talked before, you know, on this podcast about how it, it's cool to see places that aren't Tatooine, right? So I'm, I'm glad that we got what seems to be a whole new location um, in this episode. I like um, seeing these domed locations. They tend to be very interesting. And it, like scientifically anyway, it gives you sort of a preview of what life could be like in a situation where we can't really control climate. You know, we, we s- sit in our air-conditioned or heated homes, where, depending on where we live all over the planet. And, you know, what if we got to a point where in order to literally have climate control, we started to air condition the environment and not just our individual buildings the way they do in some of these futuristic planets? Like, what if the solution is climate zoning rather than, you know, billionaires trying to leave the planet? Uh, maybe a different billionaire is going to come up with climate zoning at some point. Who knows? But either way, it's interesting to me always to see new tech. Um, I think that Hyperloop would probably make Elon Musk's mouth water. At the very least. Exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, at the very least, you know. He's ear per- he is perked up. He said, <laughs> he's like Dr. Doofenshmirtz, isn't it? Elon Musk. Literally. Um, I mean, at the very least, it would have um, probably done that in the days before he started, you know, dicking around with people's lives on Twitter. Um, still, it's, it's cool to see how Imperial Tech specifically is used in this new supposedly peaceful era because obviously people still have reservations about that. And funny enough, looking at Jack Black, his character here, I think it's, you know, it's interesting that some people are actually coming out of that whole amnesty program looking not too shabby. What do you think about that? Mm-hmm. They don't look too bad. Yeah. But my eye, like, but like I've got like, you know, in Spy Kids, and Junior's got that thing where the when the the glasses have like extra extra zooming in. I'm still something something ain't right. Uh-huh. Something ain't right. Like I was looking, I'm like, you guys come out okay, but something's that the water's still like something's still not right. Something not sitting right with my spirit about this amnesty program thing. Uh-huh. It's one of those things. Where I feel like it's like it it won't affect everyone in the same way. I feel like certain people could have an easier time of it. Yeah. Than others, depending on status. So I was watching, I'm like, oh, these guys turned out okay. But I'm like, well, why did you turn out okay? That's the first thing that came into my head. Like, why did you turn out okay? And not the other people who have seen in previous episodes. That's what I kept thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was quite pleasantly surprised to see some of them came, turned out pretty all right, considering the circumstances. The New Republic, you know, they won this, they won this battle. A specific battle. They won't win the war though. So I'm still something sussed about them. I mean, we'll see how that goes. Um there's lots of stuff with um with allegiances in this episode. Um speaking of which I thought it was very funny when um Din said that Grogu doesn't take kindly to strangers. And like when he said that, I immediately finished it in my head with until they give him food. Before I could even finish the thought, she was already holding out food and Manz was already jumping through the air for it. Sucker, like they, they just this is how you have to be careful. You know that's how that's how children be getting kidnapped. You be careful. <laughs> you have to be very careful. So 
They give him one blue biscuit and he's like, see you later, dad. Yeah, like, I mean... The black lady's got some food. There's, there's like, there's so many things, like, just keep recurring in this episode. For example, like, even with this kidnapping thing that I'm, I'm currently talking about, why are Mon Calamari characters always in hilarious situations? Yeah. You know, like, the guy at the beginning of the episode, it's like, okay, who are these people that they're starting with? And it's like, oh, we <laughs> it turns out that, you know, they were escaping for love. They took this guy. And then now, like, you know, they have, like, this ship that's following them. And it turns out to be Mandalorians that have hired them. And that's just too funny. They showed up <laughs> and they had they had full on like British accents and everything and they were like, No, listen, you have to go back. You can we will meet again. Like, bro, she's gonna move on, but it's okay. It's it's gonna be alright, I guess. You'll be fine. It's like, oh Starcross lovers. Bruh. I I'm like, okay, how does this even work? But you know, I guess all parts of the Mandalorians in that situation because um Axcoves mm. is uh is clearly not messing with people. He's not messing with anyone. He's just doing his job and trying to lead the people, even though he, he knows his position is precarious since he has no dark saber and he's not a crease. But uh but yeah, what do you think of um of the interim leader of the Mandalorian guerrilla forces? You know what, yeah, I like him. He's got a bit about him. Okay. Okay. He's, he's, Go got, on. he's, he's got a bit about him. Like to be able to lead people and get people to believe in you, despite the fact you've actually got no genuine claim, uh-huh. is admirable. Yeah. And I love how they all were like backing him, backing him. I thought, you know what, fair enough, that means yeah, you're like a good Renly leader. Baratheon. Idiot. You know, yeah, it was given yeah, it was given Renly, yeah. It's the Renly Baratheon sort of vibe or like I was like, Raw, all right. Well to be fair, this guy is way more, you know, legitimate to me than Renly Baratheon, but but yeah. All right, all right. Not too much on my little my my boy there. Like, let's take a step back there. Not too much on Renly. You're a Renly fan. <laughs> oh my god! I love him, Dad. Uh, okay, sure, fine. I accept you. <laughs> him and Robert are the only two Baratheons I like. Forget about Stannis. But no, it's because when I was watching them, like all like proper, like listen to him. I thought, right, he's got that whole Roy Keane, like Patrick Vieira vibe about him. He was like. Mm-hmm. Nah, like, it's me, I'm top dog. Mm-hmm. So I was even looking at Bo, I'm like, sister, I don't know how we're going to win this one. <laughs> I was even looking at like, girl, like, how are we going to win this one? But he looked like, um, do you not think he looks like, um, he looked like that guy, Crossbones, Frank Grillo, in, um, mm-hmm. in the MCU. Okay, that's an interesting point. He, looked, he reminded me of him a little bit. He reminded him, obviously, before he was, he was always, he was always Hydra, but you know when you didn't know that he was Hydra? Yeah. That's the sort of vibe he was giving me. Like someone who's obviously is able to lead. Mm-hmm. Like you put him in a, in, a, in a capable position, he will lead well. Um, so, and I actually thought, to be honest, everything he was saying to Bo and Din was pretty accurate. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't say one lie. He wasn't out of line. Yeah. I mean. He was not lying. Like he wasn't out of line. Like, it, of course, like the Din thing, like he needs to, he needs, they need to get over it, man. Like he took the creed, he took the oath. He's one of you lot now. Like, give it up. Like, yeah. give it up. He's been through a lot. It's given, like, it's given, like, racism in space racism. That's what it's giving. <laughs> You're othering him. Yeah. It's given to Ella Braverman. but that's what he was giving to me. Like, he ain't his fault. He took the, he took the oath. Yeah, I mean, I guess, the, I guess there are certain, you know, traits that are visible in any story when it comes to humans. You know, there's this relentless fear of that which is different, first of all. And yeah, of course, there's also persecution. I think it's interesting that they feel the need to point that out about him. It just shows the insecurity. But, you know, 
Human, every humans single are weird. time they mention it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Maybe. Every single time they bring this thing up. And if I'm dead, I'm like, the next person to bring this up here, we're going to town. Like, we're going to pound town now. I'm going to fight you. Because I was every time I do something, the dark saber, why are you chatting to man for? That's what I would have actually said. Mm-hmm. Why are you chatting to man for? Like, which I've got a whole thing about dinner, the dark saber, but let you continue the, the whole human element. So I think you're right about, I think it did a really good job in showcasing the incap- and the inability of human beings to actually, like, even when Bao is even saying, like, he's the same as us. Mm-hmm. He believes what we believe. And even then, it wasn't, yeah, he believes what we believe, and even that's not enough for you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just think humans are funny. Especially like with the with what is essentially the the main storyline of the episode. It's funny because they do a bit of a twist. They go there to meet the Mandalorians, but then that becomes a side quest, right? Because the side quest essentially becomes the main story, and side quest being the whole thing with the droids, right? And it's another thing that showcases how humans are ridiculous. You know, oh droids are killing us. Our children are in danger and we can't sleep peacefully at night. Don't turn them off though. We can't make our own eggs, you know? Like <laughs> that's just so weird to me. It's like so stupid <laughs> yes you don't have to work anymore you really wouldn't be willing to like put that aside to ensure that you don't die i think it's, it's funny how people forget that they've made these machines sentient it reminds me of westworld quite a lot actually um because you, we tend to forget that droids are sentient like they, we see them walking around and doing things where you know they can really they can really think they can uh, for themselves and they feel. can make decisions they can feel the fact that they, the fact that they even they even hang out. It's like when he was like, "Oh, that place. Uh, what what do you call it? I forget the 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 bar that they went to. Like when they saw it on the card, he's like, "Oh, that sounds like a droid bar.' Oh yeah. And I and I laughed because I was like, "That's actually so funny." Because genuinely, in my head, I was like, that, "That's hilarious. Droids don't have bars." Like joke, it became a droid bar. Like they were at a bar for droids. I was like, "What is going on? This is insane." Okay, so I I, I don't know. It, it's it's fun to see, you know, Din, who tends to be cool, calm, and collected, put into situations where he may act a bit irrationally. You know, um, well, as as I'm sure we remember, he has a not so great history with droids. Um, they talked a bit about, you know, Axcos talked a bit about how Din doesn't have real Mandalorian blood, which obviously doesn't matter. But you know, from the beginning, um, at least where it's hinted to us, it's kind of shown to us that he was attacked by droids when he was a child and like they killed the people from where he was from he was saved by mandalorians and they're raised by mandalorians and then he became one right so i think for him he's still against droids and it's not the first time they even touched on it this season i mean he was like you know this is the one droid that i like so the one droid that i want and funny enough they haven't actually gone back to that droid it's actually still there on navarro now where is this droid um so <laughs> e- either way like it's it was interesting watching him, you know, kind of act out of fear and trepidation. You know, he gets there and he says, you know, the, all the droids look suspicious. Let's, uh, it's, it's, it's a sense of like, I guess, a traumatic response because these are the droids, like the battle droids are the ones designed to kill, right? And it's funny to me when he starts, when he starts, um, you know, hitting them one by one. He's, first, he's waving his hand in front of them. It's like, okay, that's probably not safe keeps doing that and then he hits them one by one by one and then <laughs> that one hit him back i felt that i really felt that hit i was like what on earth i felt like i felt my own head ringing and 
speaking of which, why didn't they fly during the chase? Like, they probably could have chased this thing a lot faster if they used their jetpacks, but they didn't. Oh, I was like, I was like, press the button, man, fly. Yeah. Like, fly, what are you doing? Yeah, it was cool that they, they did catch the droid, though. And, you know, when they found out about the resistor, um, saying that it was actually a droid bar, again, that, that actually floored me. And that was one of the biggest surprises for me in the episode. I didn't see that coming. I started to think, you know, I tried to think Din needs to relax a little bit. Um, he needs to kind of like calm down a bit. Even when Bo-Katan is trying to do, <laughs> she's trying to be diplomatic and then they end up inadvertently doing this good cop, bad cop thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, where she's trying to, she's trying to bring the honey and then he's like, you know, I'm going to get uh, He's like, he puts these people, yeah, he's like, Bleh. I was like, relax, you know. Remember that droids are sentient and everything. Still, it it was nice to to have them actually go on this quest and like it was a self contained thing. You know, they didn't drag it on too long. I think it was fine. I think that helped with the pacing of the episode. I'd have been very, it would have been weird if you know the next episode came and we were still talking about like, oh, why are the droids malfunctioning on this random planet? We we don't know. You know, so it was cool to see that, and it was cool that in the process of investigating this we were reminded that the dark saber is still a thing you know he brings it out and then he uses it so that's fun um still how do you feel about the way the episode was paced like i know you know we we definitely like the whole mandalorian aspect of it and then we like the you know lizzo ruled planet aspect of it but do you feel like it was an all right choice in terms of pacing in terms of content did the side quest go on too long in your mind? Like, were you thinking they were taking too long? What say you? No, this this felt like a Clone Wars episode in a good and way. That's funny because Bo-Katan says that she hasn't seen this many battle droids since the Clone Wars. Since the Clone Wars. Yeah. Because it's, you know, in the Clone Wars where they will go on a little side like Anakin or like Satine or oh, rest in peace um, or like Obi-Wan or stuff. They will go on little side quests and then like, it won't take up too much of the episode and there'll be so many little things going on and then you'll have the main concurrent storyline when they'll meet at the end for it. Yeah. That's what this felt like. I feel like they didn't spend too long in any place. Okay. It was, and everything sort of made sense for what the end was going to be. Like there was a reason why they would go into these different places doing all these little side quests. It meant something. Mm-hmm. Um. So no, I, I completely didn't mind. I really liked it. I think it was a lot better paced than the episode a couple what the episode when um we were in coruscant we've been there's been many episodes in coruscant but the first one when we were with um ella uh-huh. um yeah yeah and the doctor and everything so and the scientists and stuff so i feel like it was a lot better paced than that episode i feel like we weren't in any other place too long they closed the storylines well everything they were doing made sense like i came out of it going okay i know why you were here with obviously Lizzo's character I know exactly why you obviously did everything with the droids like everything's now making sense that if I watch the next episode there's nothing hanging over from the episode before that I'm holding on to you've left you've actually ended the episode perfectly because now I'm like okay what's gonna happen next now like because obviously she's still trying to recruit more Mandalorians so obviously that's we got to that point now that the reason why we obviously chewed into this episode because we wanted to see what um, Bo-Katan was going to do to get more um, people involved so yeah I thought it was yeah. e- excellently paced I think that was Sir John Favreau because it's very very difficult to have so many different little storylines going on and to yeah, try we haven't and... even touched on all of them yet 
Like, we've not gone into any... Like, there's so many. Like, we could be... Genuinely, we could actually be here for three, four hours, probably half a day, talking about why each little storyline means something for the future of Star Wars. Because each little thing... Which, how did she find Axe Cove's people so quickly? How did they find them? <laughs> See? This is my thing. Yeah. It's like... How... How have we done this? I rate it, but how have we done this? Do you know what I mean? Like, like how, how long did have you they been traveling? Them? I didn't even expect Din to be traveling with her. That was, that was my first surprise. I saw them out there. Like, okay. He said, we're sticking together. <laughs> That's his bestie now. That's so funny. The people who are shipping them romantically are, are enjoying this. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, okay. I need people to understand that men and women or space people, in this case, can be friends. <laughs> I do not know how you've watched the last six episodes and think this is romantic. They're not exactly bumping metal plates, are they? Bumping metal plates. Like, <laughs> not... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> They've not given me... You know me, I will ship anything. Yes, you will. If, if something's tangible there... If it's especially enemies to lovers, oh, I'm enemies to lovers. Uh-huh. That is my bag. I can't. I, I ain't getting nine. I'm not getting anything because <laughs> I keep seeing people ship them on Twitter, and I'm like, you guys need to be for real. You need to be for real. Yeah. Like this is just a what? This is a work relationship. <laughs> no, you're calling the work relationship. Like if That's if they if we're shipping, the, I ship Din with Boba Fett more than I ship. Din with Bo-Katan. Uh, sorry, that's very random. If, you're, if we're going to call it That's Spade extremely Spade. random. <laughs> no, because I feel like... No, but I don't, I don't get anything romantic from the two of them. Like, I'm at all. getting more of that from Boba Fett. Yeah? Why not? Because that man, first of all, is interested in anything else. That man is just trying to be some type of, I don't know, warlord. <laughs> whatever he thinks he is. No, because I'm, I'm not getting... They remind me of... Um, what's, um, what's the... Oh, what's her name? Oh, Thingy's character in Boba Fett. Ming, Ming's character in Boba Fett. Oh, it's going to really annoy me that I don't remember her name Fennec now. Shand. Yeah, that's it. I don't know why it went out of my head. Yeah, that's what their relationship reminds me of. Because mm. I just think, just don't get anything romantic. I just think they're very good friends. Mm-hmm. If they turn their romantic, fair enough, I'll hold my hands up. Like, or okay, arrest me. Yeah, I'll hold my hands up. But the moment, no. I get you. No, like, let you. her let her be a, her independent woman thing. Let her do her thing. She don't need no man. Like, you know, and Din, Din has trauma, as Jamie Lee Curtis said. Trauma. Yeah, he can't be he can't be doing anything with anyone. He can't be bumping metal plates with anyone at the moment. He needs to deal with his droid problem first. Oh my god. Okay. Then he could and he's a single dad. Does she want to take on another son? Well, I think he's warming up to her, first of all. But, you know, putting putting them and their relationship aside, they do a lot of good work as a team in this episode. And, of course, they're able to track down the cause of the droid malfunctions. How do you feel about what's essentially shown to be the cause? Like, does that make sense to you as a resolution? I mean, because, first of all, I knew, I, or I should have known, honestly, that the commissioner guy's frailty was an act. Like, that was a madness because I was looking at him. I was like, why is this man acting like he's so weak with his like, you know, shaky hands, blah, blah, blah. And he's doing this. You he's know? doing this. Yeah. I mean, I should, I knew something was coming. I just didn't necessarily know it would involve him. I was watching them decipher the nanodroids, for example. 
And I was literally saying, I, I said out loud, it's a conspiracy. <laughs> and the person I was watching the show with actually started laughing. He's like, what's wrong with you? I felt like Obi-Wan crying about, you know, democracy. It's a democracy. It's a democracy. <laughs> that whole scene with him and Anakin, the entire scene is, is just a meme. I, I, it's I didn't, so funny. It's only recently that it's dawned on me how much of a meme that whole, that entire sequence is. Do you remember when I referenced it like three episodes ago? Me and you yeah. were laughing for a good two minutes because <laughs> the idea of him saying to Anakin, "Like it was for what? democracy." Yeah, it's it's wild. He's like, oh, "What do you say? Uh, I don't want to have to wield my power." It's 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 crazy because and it's it's honestly so serendipitous that we're talking about those two because you know the commissioner. Picel acting frail guy in this episode is a separatist, right? So that that was wild to me. I screamed when he called Dooku a visionary, <laughs> right? And Obi-Wan and Anakin are basically the people who defeated Count Dooku, right? So <laughs> yeah, it's I, when I heard Dooku's name, I was I was stressed. I had to pause and I sat down and I was like, oh my God. Like what is happening right now? Like this this is because that's just the kind of connection that I would never have expected to make. Actually, would you like to to give the people a bit of a crash course on separatists and Count Dooku's entire deal? Wait, let me even preface first um, my old, whole opinion. You know when I heard Count Dooku's name, right? Uh-huh. I was so confused. Like, why is he being mentioned right I heard this nigga's now? name. I heard this nigga's name in so long. In so long. Like, I was like, the last time I heard this name was in the movies. Do you know what I mean? That's the last time mm-hmm. um, I've heard it. But for those who obviously wanted to know about the Separatist Council before me and him, you know, go into it, it's the whole idea like they wanted to create like a whole separate council during the Clone Wars. And it was to basically like obliterate the entire Republic. Mm-hmm. It predates the New Republic and it predates the Empire. Yeah. Both. Like, yeah. they want to completely obliterate everything. They want complete total power for themselves. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> I didn't expect uh, any of that, to be honest. Um, I think... I was expected to hear Palpatine's name next. But okay, we're going to yeah. see... Where's Palpatine there? I don't know that I could have handled that, to be very honest with you. <laughs> I don't know that I would have been able to handle that. Um, but still, you know, having that man being a a separatist sort of makes sense because it wouldn't really have added up for him to have imperial allegiances if we really think about it because they've worked so hard to kind of remove that. Still, with Jack Black's character showing up, he clearly had a lot of gripes um, there. So I suppose this line of action kind of makes sense for him as somebody who would be against all of that. Still, you know, having droids malfunction like that was such an elaborate scheme you know and i don't yeah, know if it really ach- would have achieved anything in the long run like all it would have done is bring chaos like who are you exactly you know bringing the hammer down on that's my thing like i don't mind the whole sith thing the idea of furthering the sith cause obviously which is what the whole point of the separatist council was it was created to obviously empower the sith and obviously you know down with the jedis and all that jazz but mm-hmm. Literally, which is literally what the man says <laughs> in this episode. He's like, oh, to heck with the Jedi. It, it made sense. It, it made complete sense. Because if there was if there was ever going to be a reason him being a Sith 
sort of made sense. I completely understand. I think the scheme was very elaborate. I don't know what you were aiming to do with this scheme. I don't know. One plus one is equal in five here. Mm-hmm. But some Siths aren't as smart as Dooku was. For all of Dooku's thoughts and faults and stuff, he was incredibly intelligent. Mm-hmm. And he almost got away with it until Anakin went um, yeah. to him. Yeah. Sorry if I've spoiled it for anyone. I apologize. It's okay. Anybody watching Star Wars knows that the good guys usually win until they aren't good guys anymore. Ha! Ha! <laughs> I'm sorry. It was right there. It was right there. Um, but actually, one more thing that I found interesting about their quest to solve this whole problem um, is... I guess the inclusion of, you know, characters that you don't necessarily expect to see, people you, people that show up in different places that um, that really bring out the diversity of the Star Wars world. And I think that aspect of it was well implemented. I have spoken. Um, why are Ognots so rude? <laughs> Somebody needs to help you understand why they are so rude. Like, have they always only like have they always only answered friends of friends because like okay so for anybody who doesn't remember the ognots or um quill who um dinjarin mentions in this episode that's the ognots that dinjarin helped in the very first episode of the show it was voiced by nick nolte um and that whole i have spoken thing (laughs) is so funny to listen to like if you're watching the episode and like somebody who knows nothing about star wars is passing by they're just like why do they keep? Why do I keep hearing I have spoken? It reminds me of the Dothrakis. It is known, or even the Mandalorians. This is the way. You know what is it about them being so like? They're just so stubborn. It's so weird how stubborn they are, right? Um, I think this dude kind of like was not willing to help unless he could see that there was something his own people could gain. I guess. I mean, I I I don't know if I don't know if that's making any sense, but. But yeah, I thought that was I thought that was hilarious. Like, what do you think of the inclusion of Ugnots in this episode? Like, what, the, them being the ones building the drones, um, well, and the, the droids, and um, kind of being stated as the most hardworking people in the galaxy, I suppose. No, you you make you make a lot of sense there. To be, I can't disagree with a word you said. To be honest, there, at all. That's exactly what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Every, I'm actually quite annoyed. I really, I really wish I could add like my own little say quotes in there, but that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> which, which, which part is annoying you? The fact that they have spoken, or the fact that they're rude? That they're rude. They're so rude, bro. Who pissed in their cornflakes? Seriously, like why are they? Like, he lied know? right to her face, bro. She was like, okay, where? Like, do you know anything about like the droids malfunctioning? He's like, don't do that. Like, that's there's nothing about that. And then shows up with some sweet talk. They give them a table. They give them tea. And then she asks him a question right to his face. He says no. Then didn't ask the exact same question. And then he, <laughs> and then he brings out like an iPad. <laughs> and he's like, okay, take. This is where you find the next set of malfunctions. It's like, bro, not only do they know about the malfunctions, they know where they expect that to happen next. Like, what? <laughs> and Bogotan is just there like, what gives? Like, what is this? Why are you lying to me? <laughs> bro, they're so rude. They're actually so rude. It was too funny. I'm sorry. Do you know, it's actually so mad. Like, why Like, why can't you be nice? Oh, my gosh. Like, why can't you they be nice? They probably would have helped them at all if, if you didn't mention Quill. Um, and it's funny. It's like, do they know Quill? 
or or did they just believe like did they just believe that like he knows one of their people like are they supposed to be like stubborn yet gullible is that the whole thing that that they're that they're bringing for them i, I don't know i'm guessing so it's kind of funny but but yeah that whole thing you know came to a head thankfully um but then of course we get into the chance for them to do what they actually came to the planet to do which mm-hmm. is you know meet with the mandalorians that are there what's your take on that and how things end because that's actually mm-hmm. very big like it's like the whole episode like i said had this the side quest <laughs> and then the real thing takes the last 10 minutes and then just leaves this huge impact it's like a whole dent in the narrative so how do you feel i know you have thoughts it's okay tell them tell the people hi oh can't believe i'm saying this right i can i never back men in anything the only man i've ever the only man i've ever backed there's three men i've ever backed in my life which was john snow Uh kendall roy kendall roy i'm sorry like he's so dumb but i love him Uh, (laughs) he does stupid things but i love him so much (laughs) He ain't right in the head at all, but I'm there. And obviously, I'm trying to, oh, who's the last one? Then they're just two. They're just two. Yeah. Oh, and Obi Wan. Obi Wan, obviously. Um, okay. So there's only been three, right? And Din is now my fourth. It makes me sick. Because, like, the worst thing is, like, I agree with the notion of Bo Katan getting the dark saber. I don't, I, I, it makes me itch. Mm-hmm. But I don't mind it. But I think my ire with it is because of what happened with her sister and what she did and her part in it. I don't think okay. I personally will ever get over it. I'm always gonna have to think against her because of it. Because Sainty was okay. my was my sister. I was watching Clovers on Cartoon Network and Disney. I was crying when she died. Yeah, I was falling. I was mean over on the floor, crying her eyes out. Yeah, okay. and I'm watching her mm-hmm. sister take the. I wanted to kill her. I wanted to kill her. Wow, that's deep. For like a second, and I'm like, you know what's the right thing to do? But I think for me, like, I don't know. I didn't want him to give it up in that way. That's the, like, I don't mind if you have to give up the Darksaber. But A, we didn't even get to see him wield it properly the entire time. Uh-huh. We only saw him the first time he got it. You know when he used it with Gideon and everything. But that's about it. We never really see him wrestle with the idea that he's in this. That's the only thing I think the show's not been well written in that sense. And this is the issue I was going to have with it. Hmm. Is that I feel like they've well, they've written well for everyone else. Bo-Katan's been fleshed out amazingly. As much as my gripes with her, she's still a fully well-liked character. Grogu's had his time and everyone's had their time. The only person I feel like has not really had any proper development and who the title show is about is literally the mandalorian which is that din huh. like we i never got to see him properly wrestle because i was waiting until we got near the end before i say anything because i'm like you never really know what they're playing it could is, happen yeah. in episode five uh-huh. yeah if episode five six and onwards had it then i would have not said anything sort of like the position i was in with rings of power that's why I wasn't really judging half brand. And then when everything came out, I thought, okay, I'm happy I didn't say anything at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was waiting. And as soon as with this episode finished, I thought, we've got a couple of episodes left. And I still feel like Din 
has changed to some, maybe has some things, but it's not been like, I've not had a din focused episode at all. Like where we're so watching. We had him. enough of those in the, in the first two seasons. I know, but then even if you don't have a din focused episode, there were still elements in its parts of the episode where you get to watch him progress as a character. I think this episode is the first time where like they'll have little things, like little things where, I mean, unless they're doing the thing like they do in Ted Lasso where little things will come up a little bit and then you have your crescendo at the end, like what they did, what they did with Nate in season two. Yeah. You sort of see small, 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 small things. And then the last episode, you get the whammy of like the last two episodes. Are, oh, rah, like he's moving mad. So if they do that, then I'll shut my mouth. But I okay. feel like I've not seen enough of it. I don't, I'm not expecting the entire episode on him at all, but I'm expecting the same level of care you've given to Grogu. Because Grogu's not had an old episode to himself. He's probably had like five minutes to himself in an episode. Yeah. Same with Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan's not really had an episode to herself, but she's had her moment to shine. But I've never like, was hearing, hearing Dean talk about the droids. I'm like, this is the first time in the entire season I'm actually understanding you for the first time. And it's been six episodes. So, and I get, I kind of yeah. really get their perspective because obviously you're trying to write up a lot of storylines and obviously it's going to be quite difficult to try and write everyone. Yeah. But I'm like, not your title, not your title character though, unless the Mandalorian is Bo-Katan. Yeah, I feel you. And then we flip the meaning of its head. Um, yeah, <laughs> we've definitely, there's so much to discuss with this. Um, for me, it's, it's kind of, the thing I just don't like the most, I mean, I like that she was able to find the Mandalorians. Her fighting with, you know, Axe and, you know, dealing with all these people who used to be like her own followers, trying to get her fleet back. That was a lot. Um, and, you know, there was always going to be a fight. Dude really wasn't pulling his punches. <laughs> I, I didn't know if he was actually trying to kill her, but and, and he obviously wasn't wasn't going to yield easily because he clearly was a proud guy. Um, what I will say is, you know, I... I didn't really want her to get that blade back. Mm. I just didn't. And I specifically hoped that her wielding it, you know, in the episode where she rescued him from um, General, um, General Grievous's younger brother would like, you know, I just didn't think it, I hoped it wouldn't have any bearing on the outcome. You know, I just feel like, I don't know. I, f I feel like I want Din Djarin to be in possession of the Darksaber. I mean, technically, everything he said is true. Like, she should have the saber. I just hope nobody was going to acknowledge it because I've been, I've been worried about it since then. I was like, oh, please, let this not be the reason that she gets the thing. But yeah, I guess, I guess she, she did get it. So it is what it is. We'll just have to see where it goes now because now she's officially the leader of the Mandalorians everywhere they go. Anybody who understands anything about Mandalorian culture and is a Mandalorian will probably, you know, join her cause and it looks like they're probably going to you know and end, end up going back to that planet so who really knows at this point but there's a lot that could that could take place so we'll just we'll just have to see um yeah i don't know any any final thoughts like on that no i think you nailed it i just didn't want her to get a dark say but I, I don't know i just didn't want her to get it i don't know how cruel that sounds but i didn't want her to get it <laughs> i didn't yeah i almost feel bad but it's like uh I just, well, okay, it, it is what it is. I guess we'll just have to see. We had two more uh, episodes this season. So so we're just going to have to to take stock of what's happened up to this point. I think as far as seasons of The Mandalorian go, this one has been very eventful. This one has been very, you know, diverse in its casts and diverse in its locations. Um, I don't know. 
some people think seem to think they're doing too much based on what I'm seeing on the internet. But you know, I think there's a reason it feels so big so far. It's just because they've gone to so many different places. Normally, the Mandalorian is like a very contained thing. They have like these little, what was essentially little storylines, and it's fun to see them explore um, things outside of that. So yeah, um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And we thank everybody for listening to us up until this point. Um, you're going to see how it goes with us because we're going to continue covering the season. We're covering a lot of other things too, um, like Succession, Yellow Jackets rain dogs um we're all over the place so um definitely keep it locked to our feed for all of your not just space daddy needs but you know roy family needs there's there's just so much going on i worry for the cast of or at least the, the characters in, in yellow jackets um because i don't want to be anywhere near them at all i also don't necessarily want to be anywhere near the roys but i can't help myself as you'll find when you listen to our episodes on on the show we're also covering ted ted lasso as you know so definitely keep it locked to everything that we're doing um as this crazy season of television continues to progress because i'm i'm losing track and i don't know where things are going to go um at this point but uh for now we're just gonna sign off and we will talk to you next week see you later guys